Hi, I'm Jesse Pruitt, and this is the Light of Hope. Thank you for coming and stopping by. We are happy to have you uh, worshiping with us today and studying the Word of God. That's what we do. That's what we do right here on the Light of Hope. We are on a journey through the Gospel of John. Um, we, we've been excited so far. I'm excited. Um, the Lord has really blessed us. And just to get started... Um, we mentioned um, that they, they, they give me information <laughs> and tell me that so and so is listening. They don't, we don't know exactly who the people are. I don't misunderstand, but um, we know the areas um, that are listening to our podcast, and it goes around the world. And we're very blessed and very uh, honored to be able to to say that um, we have a really strong listenership. I guess that's a good word, and. Uh, the northern part of Paris, France, and uh, we mentioned that, <clears throat> but we also have a significant uh, uh, listener uh, frequencies of, of listening in Lake Stevens, Washington. Yeah, Lake Stevens, Washington. <clears throat> also Brownwood, Texas. And what really got me was there's like seven different locations in Florida, and I hope I don't miss one here that they... They uh, gave to me here Hialeah, Florida, Okeechobee, Florida, Rockledge, Florida, Orlando, Florida, Ormond Beach, and South Bradenton in Titusville, Florida. We also have uh, some folks following us in Paradise, Nevada. Now, I just want to say thank you. That, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You're, you're repeat listeners, and we, we really appreciate um, you helping us. We hope that that uh, the Lord is using this to bless you and and uh, speak to your heart. Uh, we also have our largest here in Midland, Texas, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. We're, <laughs> we're glad to have y'all. Uh, some in Louisiana, in my hometown in Leesville, Louisiana, we got at least one over there. Uh, we're just thankful. We're very, very thankful. So enough of that. Let me get on with the message today. We have brought ourselves to the third chapter of John, the Gospel of John. <clears throat> now, we find that this begins, the subject matter actually begins um, in verse 23 of chapter 2. That actually, even though the, the chapter breaks, they're not, doesn't line up with that, but we're going to begin in chapter 20, or, or chapter 2, verse 23, and go through uh, chapter 3. Now, we're not going to read every bit of this, and I always encourage that you read the text, read the scriptures. Uh, don't just listen to what I have to say and, and don't read the Bible. That's That doesn't work. What I want you to do and what I encourage you to do, and that's the teacher in my heart, is for you to go and look for this yourself. And I want you to see what the Bible says. And I want you to be uh, enlightened by the Holy Spirit as he takes maybe what we say and the scripture and help you to understand the Bible. That's what this is all about, okay? Um, we have three points that we want to hit today. Uh, we find Dr. Nick Odemus. <laughs> brings back a lot of childhood memories of little songs and things like that. Um, and one of my pastor friends 
titled this message he preached on this, Nick at Night. I thought that was really neat. And I've actually borrowed that a couple of times. But um, today we're going to talk about Nick Odemus. And he came to Jesus Christ. Now, I know there's not very many people that, that, are, that have been in church very much in your life that are not familiar with this event. Um, but I want, I want us to notice a few things, and our, our time is always short when we're on a podcast. We don't, we don't go long, but I want you to notice that there are some undeniable signs and miracles that bring Nicodemus to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've heard many people say many things about the reason he came at night. Some said he was afraid, and some said he was ashamed, and I've heard all kinds of things, but I think... Actually, the reason that he came the way that he did is because he had some serious uh, issues that he wanted settled. And I think he wanted to talk to the Lord Jesus at a time when less people were thronging him. I think that what he really wanted to do is he wanted to find him a time when when the, the, the mobs were kind of resting somewhere and he could sit down maybe with him and talk to him and, uh, you know, get just get some uh, things settled and some questions answered, okay? Now, I didn't come up with this idea. I actually read this. Uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee actually made this point, and I believe it is a valid point. He said he believed that the because the, the Sanhedrin, because the Pharisees, they believed in the Old Testament. They believed in uh, miracles. They believed in the resurrection. You know, they, they, they had some some beliefs that would aid him in hearing what Jesus had to say to him here today. So he, he was a good good candidate for this. And I believe what he wanted to do was come, and I agree with Dr. McGee on this, I, I believe what Jesus uh, Nicodemus was coming to Jesus to talk about was the kingdom of God. And the reason for that is that he says to him um, in verse 3, okay, uh, well, let's back up for, to 23, chapter 2, verse 23. When he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, beholding his signs which he was doing. And Jesus did not entrust himself, for he knew all men and he knew people's hearts. He knew what was in their heart because he created them. So that gets, our, gets us started. And then we have here where Nicodemus comes to Jesus. And even though John does not record specifically that Nicodemus mentioned the kingdom of God. Now, what do you mean by the kingdom of God? What I mean is this, uh, the typical uh, understanding in those days was that the Messiah was going to come and he it was going to be very, very much a political situation that he was going to come and rescue uh, God's people. He was going to come and overthrow the Roman government, which had invaded them and occupied their their territory, and he was going to be set up on the throne there uh, in in Jerusalem, and that that's what they were expecting. And I believe that the text and and probably everyone uh, uh, that's of a conservative mind, I believe. Uh, would bear that out. I believe that's true. I believe that's the way it was intended to be because many times we will find where they actually intended to take him and kind of by force make him their king. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was that was the intention. So they had a little different understanding of who the Messiah 
was going to be. And the Lord Jesus Christ is, is kind of astonishing them. So I believe that he came to talk to of the Lord Jesus, because they had seen some undeniable signs and miracles. And look what he says. He said it was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, and he was a leader among the Jews. He came to him by night and he said to him, this rabbi teacher, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no man can do these signs or these miracles or the attesting miracles is the actual word here that you do unless God is with him. So they knew he was from the Lord God, okay? So it was undeniable that he had some things going on here, and they they knew that. So they were looking at him thinking, well, maybe this is the Messiah because he's doing some things we can't deny. <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't deny what he's doing, and the people believe him. So I need to talk to this guy. I need to find out where he stands. I need to find out what his political uh, stand is and this kind of thing. It kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Um, and the Lord Jesus kind of, he kind of interrupted him in verse three because, and I believe that's the case. And I, again, John did not specifically say this, but I believe that it fits within the context here. And he probably had that in mind. And I believe the Lord knew his mind and knew where he was going with this. Lord, he was saying to him, you know, Rabbi, where do you stand? He was about to ask him a whole bunch of questions. And the Lord Jesus just kind of chopped him off at the knees. And he said to him in verse three, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's the subject matter of the kingdom of God. And I believe that's why he, Jesus said this is because he knew that was what's in Nicodemus's heart. Okay. So we had some undeniable, undeniable miracles um, that were taking place. They couldn't, they couldn't say, well, this, it's nothing. They had to, they had to recognize it. There was two, uh, one other thing that I want you to see. He wants him to, un, to understand that the inadequacy of religion. So first undeniable signs and miracles and the inadequacy of religion. So unless you're born again, the new birth, being born is a new birth, again, and that's a term uh, in the Greek, anathem, which means from above. So unless you're reborn from above, you're not even going to see this kingdom of heaven that you uh, came here to talk to me about. And, I, and our, the title of our lesson today is Christ, the Lord of the kingdom, the Lord of, uh, of God's kingdom. <clears throat> so we find they had undeniable miracles, inadequacy of religion to do the job, and the necessity of a new birth. That's what we come to here in this subject matter, the Lord of God's kingdom, the Lord of the kingdom. So he said unto him, <laughs> unless you are born again, you're not even going to be able to see the kingdom of God. And that's what you came here to talk to me about, wasn't it? And so he just kind of, he chopped him off. I mean, completely down to the ground. And Nicodemus was kind of left wondering what happened here. Uh, how can a man be born when he's old? He asked. I mean, he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born, can he? Because she see Nicodemus, even though he was highly trained, in, in the Jewish religion, and he knew the law. I mean, he was religious, as some people said, down to his fingernails and his toenails. I mean, this guy was, he, he was the kind of fellow when he walked down the street with, with all of his, his robes and his phylacteries and all the things that uh, they wore. Everybody knew who he was, and they kind of 
stuck us, you know, stood aside and let him walk by because he was the man. I mean, he was the religious man. And yet he did not understand what Christ was about to say to him, that we're not talking about a physical birth. We're not talking about entering into your mother's womb again. No, we're not talking about that at all. And the next few verses kind of let him understand. He's trying to explain to him. There's a difference between the physical and the spiritual. Don't get too bogged down in the and the water birth being the physical birth and all that kind of stuff. That That's really not the point. I don't deny those things, but, but I'm saying here, that's not really the point. He is talking to him about a new spiritual birth, a birth from above. That's the point. So then he gets to verse 15, and he says to him that whosoever believes may in him, talking about Christ being lifted up. And he was talking about the cross. And of course, Nicodemus wasn't ready to understand that just quite yet. But he said, whoever believes may in him, and some versions say it, put that word order in a little different uh a little bit different order. Whoever believes in him may have eternal life, but I like the way the New American Standard says it, that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. Either way is proper or fine, but I like that because it says that in him, in Christ Jesus, we have our eternal life. That's where we get our life from. For God so loved the world, the most famous verse, verse 16, that whosoever, <laughs> that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life right now, today. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you can have eternal life. It can, it can, it can happen right now. Um, Adrian Rogers said, uh, and, I, and I was going to write this down and I wrote his name and forgot to write the rest of it. Um, but he made a statement. It's not the plan of salvation that, that saves us. It's the man of salvation that saves us. Sometimes, and I, trust me, I have no no problem with the different ways of presenting the gospel that people use in Roman Road in different ways. I have no problem with those things. But I want us to understand, don't forget that it's not the plan. It's not the process. It's not that stuff is that saves us. It is the man. It is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in where we get our salvation. That's the difference. So don't uh, don't get confused on that. Oh my, we're running out of time here. <laughs> well, we didn't get through the whole chapter, but I think we covered the most of it. In verse 36, he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. Now, I want you to read that at your first opportunity. I want you to read it as much as you can. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God will speak to your heart and draw you to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that you be born again, because he is the Lord of God's kingdom. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jesse Pruitt. Until next time, you've been listening to The Light of Hope.